You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, alongside Kyle Posey, also of Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Acme Packing Company with Steven Serta behind the glass. Gentlemen, happy Wednesday. Is there anything to be happy about for us, Rob? Is there? Uh, well, not much. But Justice should be happy. Oh, I'm I'm ex- I'm ecstatic. Wait, you guys don't believe in Jimmy G? There's a lot of <laughs> Niners fans out here that were Almost celebrating that Jimmy G is back in under center. Oh, you can drop the almost. That's for sure. <laughs> There's a lot of Niners players that are celebrating that Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> right. is back under center. But we can get to that a different time. We have a great show for you today. Bills wide receiver Stefan Diggs is going to join us after his three touchdown performance. We'll break down the Bills and Dolphins. And we will do our five question week three gauntlet as well. But before we get to all that, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, without further ado, let's get to it. The man, the myth, the legend. Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. This is the SB Nation NFL show. Very pleased and privileged to have a special guest with us today. Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Stephon, how you doing, man? I'm awesome. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Just coming off a beatdown of the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football. You go for 12 and 148 with three touchdowns. I'm a little worried. Like, are you going to run out of end zone celebrations? Uh, I hope not. Uh, I always get my end zone celebrations from my friends or my teammates. So they're 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 young and creative. You know, I'm old, so I barely be on the social medias like that. So they got to keep me hip. Did you just say you're old? <laughs> yeah, I'm old school. I don't be on all the socials as much as people would like to believe, but um, they keep me hip with the new dance moves. So I'm working on something. I'm working on something. There we go. Well, I'm sure we'll get the chance to see it because it seems like you guys score every time you get the ball. Uh, <laughs> do you even need a punter? Like, what does Sam Martin do during the game? I think I think he just drinks coffee all week. <laughs> really practice like that. But uh, we actually do. He actually had a good punt when he did get a punt. He asked, he said something to me after the game, like, damn, I should punt more often. And we might have an opportunity <laughs> to get it back. I said, yeah, you, you're not doing too bad. He's, I, I wondered about him because, you know, he had a lot of pressure coming in. You know, that's not an easy job as well. So uh, the fact that he did get his first one off, I, I was happy for him. Sam Martin, part-time football player, although he is the holder. So I guess every time you guys score, he's got to go out there. Yeah, a little bit. He's doing a little bit. You're here with us on behalf of Snickers and their rookie mistake program. We've all made the rookie mistake of leaving a game too early, but you could have left that game in the third quarter last night and you wouldn't have missed anything. Well, what do you have going on with Snickers? 
Oh, this is my second year partner with Snickers. I'm extremely excited uh, to share the rookie mistakes with fans. So fans, submit your rookie mistakes at snickers.com dash rookie mistakes. Uh, you have the uh, opportunity to win two Super Bowl tickets, a little bit of post-game action, and some NFL merch, and maybe some signed items from uh, nflshop.com. So uh, submit your rookie mistakes. Um, I've had some in my time, you know, so don't be shy. Super Bowl tickets. Are they going to be watching the Bills in that game? Super Bowl 57, uh, it's heavily anticipated. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to spending some time out there in Arizona. It feels like for, for teams like you guys that had high expectations coming in, it almost feels like to us fans, can we just skip past the regular season and go back to the playoffs <laughs> now? Does it feel like that for you guys? Nah, nah, because, uh, you know, I, the way last year ended, we weren't too happy about it as far as, like, uh, how, we, how it happened as a team, so... Um, we look forward to going through this season. Like this season is going to be a real season. We play damn near everybody. So it's something that um, we look forward to putting our best foot forward each and every game um, and trying to come out with wins. When you stack those wins in the right category and the most meaningful ones, that's when that's when you're on board. But until then, uh, we got to keep chopping wood. Your schedule is crazy. You mm -hmm. start with the Super Bowl champs. Last night, you played the number one seed in the AFC last year. Then you got Miami coming up. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Like, who did you hurt in the NFL office to get this schedule? <laughs> no, I feel like uh, anticipating with this season, um, people people had a lot of questions for us as far as like, are we good or not? And um, uh, we, we got to answer the bell, you know, as far as like being a good team. If you're a good team, you beat good teams. That's what I always say. So um, consistently stacking those wins, it's going to be hard. Each and every week, it's going to get harder. Um, because we're going to have those plays, you know, we're going to have adversity. And at one point in this season, adversity will hit. Um, and you'll see what kind of team you have. But for right now, we just keep chopping wood, keep chopping wood. Well, it doesn't seem like any, you don't have any adversity right now. You were rolling. Josh Allen is rolling. Are you guys the best quarterback receiver duo in the league right now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I got to watch some other guys. You know, they might be over there going crazy. So, um, you know, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good receivers and there's a handful of great quarterbacks. So um, I put Josh Allen definitely one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the game. Um, me personally. I'm just out there hooping. Oh, come on. That's so <laughs> modest. Come on, man. You got four touchdowns already. You got over 200 yards. I mean, give yourself a little credit. Nah, I can't give myself no credit. I've been here before. Uh, I'm practicing a lot of humility these days just because this game will humble you, especially considering if you um, talk a lot of junk. So for me, I just try to keep it humble and uh, go out there and give it everything I got. I heard Josh Allen in an interview with Chris Sims say, that he doesn't throw with all of his arm strength on like the deep balls. He said, if he's really going to let it go with everything he's got, it's usually on a ball, like over the middle, 10 to 15 yards down the field. Have you caught one of those full strength passes from him yet? Yeah, I probably caught like three of them. I think I might've dropped three as well. <laughs> might've been in practice. Uh, he has a hell of an arm. I got to tell him sometimes that, Hey, take a little off of it this time all right like uh, last night he threw a dart um on the last touchdown and i was like damn i barely caught it <laughs> a little give me give me an opportunity to catch it but sometimes the ball catches catches himself for me you know so uh i'll be on him don't worry about it i'll be talking to him yeah i saw you kind of like you almost had to like knock it down on that last touchdown <laughs> and then you grabbed it i slow it down a little bit it's coming it's, it was coming real bad for us but i uh, had to slow it down with my hands you got to crank that jugs machine up, man. Hey, 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 I'm telling you, he's throwing it faster than the jugs, man. I'm, I'm telling you. Is that a real thing? Because, like, I'm a Niners fan. That's what people said about Trey Lance. Like, he throws the ball too hard. And I know a lot of fans were like, 
well, dude, you're a professional wide receiver. Just catch it. But like, that's a real thing. No, 100 percent. That's why pregame when I throw passes to the to the fan. Uh, now, when they drop the ball, I make them do pushups because it's like, damn, you. if I can't be out here dropping passes, you damn sure can't be out here dropping passes. <laughs> you be making fun of me. <laughs> so yeah, it's all good. How much do the gloves make a difference? Like, would you ever play a game? No gloves. Raw. Uh, I would if it was raining. But I like having gloves in my hand. I think I believe in the whole like I don't believe in the people like this. Oh, catch it with your hands without gloves. Or just, I play with gloves, so why not? I why not why not practice with gloves? Huh? I think they add a little bit. You know, if they ever ban gloves, I think I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to play anymore. You know, these hands we working. <laughs> why don't you want to wear gloves in the rain? Oh, because they get wet uh, and it's a little slick. It, it makes the ball slicker than already than what it could be when the ball's wet. But other than that, um, your hands might be the best bet. See, that's something I never knew. So you're making me a smarter fan. Um, I have heard teams talk about how difficult it is to get to the playoffs, get deep in the playoffs, play, play great, lose, and then have to climb that mountain again. Is that something that Sean McDermott has talked to you guys about this year? Yeah, as far as like uh, being built for it. Um, you don't climb that mountain, you know, in advance. You can't. That's what people start talking about Super Bowls and playoffs. Right now, you got when you got to try to win your first eight games, you know, or kind of try to make it out the first two quarters with, with wins enough to put you in a position to be in a to go into the playoffs. So um, he's big on playoff caliber, you know, the championship standard as far as like playing up to that standard each and every week, practicing like it, preparing like it. And that's the recipe for winning, focusing on the fundamentals. And if we stack those wins, we'll be fine. You know, we'll have that conversation when it's time. But right now we need to focus. I feel like McDermott never gets mentioned when you talk about like young head coaches in the league that are really good. It's like this guy has set the standard in Buffalo now is like at least playoffs. The playoffs have become the floor in Buffalo. Why doesn't Sean McDermott get more credit? Oh, no. They're not. Who said he was young? He's old. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. Uh, I think it's I don't know, man. It's just part of that Buffalo thing that we get it. We, we don't get a lot of attention as of recently. We've been on some primetime games, but we don't get that much attention. A lot of people count us out nine times out of ten. Um, and I don't know. I guess that's just the way of the world. You know, I'd rather be the underdog any given day. But when you're not, uh, you got to show why you're a good team. And he's he's built something that um, people can't take away from him. And everybody who know if you know, you know, you know, people who know football, people who know X, Y, Z, they have appreciation for Coach McDermott and. Uh, it started with us as well. I, I got a lot of love for that guy, his approach and uh, how he has helped me as a player. You mentioned the primetime games. Like, is that different for you as a player? No, nah, hell no. I mean, I feel like it's uh, that's the perfect time, you know, primetime, especially considering, you know, we had some primetime games here and there uh, going into this year. We anticipated being a lot more because with our tougher schedule. Um, and it's something that we, you know, you guys, it's a way of the world. You know, if you are good and people think you're good, you want to have a little bit more opportunity. So it's exciting. Because I saw your former teammate, Kirk Cousins, had a rough go of it in primetime. And everybody likes to talk about his primetime record. Is that really not a thing to you? Or do you think there's some truth to it's different on primetime and some players can handle it better than others? I didn't I didn't get to catch the game because, um, you know, they play right after us. And I think they yeah, won. that was weird. Won, but a uh, little double header action on Monday. I can't get mad at that, but I wish I could have caught the game. But, you know, it's another game and it's definitely um, it's a different atmosphere sometimes at times. But uh, it's still football at the end of the day. Uh, but, you know, you go against guys that are talented as well. The team that you're playing isn't going to roll over ever. So going against some talent, um, it's always going to be a good level of competition. 
There's one more thing I always wanted to ask you since we were just talking about the Vikings, because I've said this and I want to be fair. I'm getting the chance to talk to you, so I think it's only fair to say it to you. Mm-hmm. I have said that the Vikings won that trade because they traded you and they drafted Justin Jefferson and he's been fantastic. And, and obviously he's on a or he was on a, a rookie deal. Does it bother you when I say that and other people say that? No, I don't know. Uh, anybody know me, especially personally, I ain't no hater. You know, I was I still support JJ. I love JJ's game. I think he's one of the best in the league right now as well. Um, and it's I'm always a fan of seeing them greedy after you score a touchdown. Like, I don't live in that space. I live in a space of, uh, you know, I'm happy for them, you know, especially uh, him over there having success, uh, winning a trade. You know what I'm saying? You want to win. At the end of the day, everybody winning. Anybody, nobody can be mad at it, uh, especially considering the circumstances uh, for me. Um, I going back to that time, you know, I just wanted I just wanted something different for myself. I wasn't wrong for that. You know, a lot of people made me feel bad for it at that time. But, you know, I feel like I answered a one man and that's God. And at the end of the day, I, I had it. I was going willing to deal with what came with it. You know, you're going to have the naysayers. You're going to have people that say you can't do X, Y, Z. Um, you know, I live in a space of I'm happy for everybody involved. Um, and I still cheer for those guys. You know, I still got some guys over there that's, that's playing at a high clip, you know, and some talented guys in this NFL. So. Uh, for me, I'm always cheering for them. Um, and, and that's how I feel like my blessings are really always come in abundance because I ain't no hater. You went from Minnesota to Buffalo. You do know they play football in warm weather, don't you? Oh, man, tell me about it. I, I <laughs> talked to my agent about it before that happened. I was like, listen, if you just want me to be in the cold, just tell me that. And I'll, <laughs> I'll work with you. But uh, I, I, wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade this place for the world. You know, I love it here. I love the fan base. You know, I love my quarterback. And I feel like God put me exactly where he wanted me to be. Well, it seems like everything is coming up Buffalo right now. Good luck the rest of the way. I hope it continues. Thank you very much for the time. You can go to snickers.com slash rookie mistake for more information. Good luck. Stay healthy. And hopefully we can talk to you again soon. Thanks, big guy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Stefan. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll dive into Bill's Dolphins and we will run the gauntlet featuring the five biggest narratives of the week. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, guys, let's get to it. Bills, Dolphins. Bills are favored by six points in the game. And as much as we talk about the offense, and we can get to that, Justice, I'll start with you. Is the Bills defense not getting enough love? I saw this tweet from Steven Ruiz, and it said that the Bills have given up two completions in between the numbers over 10 air yards. They make you take inefficient underneath throws or difficult ones to the perimeter, or you get sacked. That sounds like a pretty good formula. Yeah. I mean, that pass rush is a force, right? We all saw Von Miller in week one just go off like crazy. Um, if you can do that consistently, it's going to be tough to pass against them no matter what they're running coverage. But that safety tandem of, of uh, you know, Poyer and Hyde has always been really good, right? So I'm not surprised that they're seeing success on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the fact that they could just kind of bottle up that Tennessee ground game I thought was really important going you know that that was my big 
takeaway from uh, Monday Night Football? I don't know why it's a surprise that they're playing so well on defense, right? Like we kind of talked about this over the offseason. McDermott's good to... at his job. <laughs> right, right. That's why they brought him in for this. Um, the best defenses in the NFL ha- usually have two good safeties, two safeties who are interchangeable, two safeties that you can do essentially anything and everything with. That's what the Buffalo Bills have. And now they drop in Von freaking Miller to what they were doing on defense. That's not nothing, right? Like that matters. He is an impact player. Um, they, they have speed on the perimeter so they can play a little man coverage when they want to. But um, this, to Steven's tweet, they are able to do a lot of what they are able to do in coverage just because, you know, they have played together for a while. So they know how to play off each other. And that matters a ton in the back seven. Uh, well-coached team. Don't make mental mistakes. You don't see the coverage bus. So when you don't make life easy on the offense and you don't give up explosive plays, what are you giving up? Like, sure, you might run into um, uh, a big play here or there, but that's those aren't sustainable. So it's not surprising at all that the Bills are second um, in EPA per play allowed defensively. The other thing, too, I think Edmonds is probably a little overrated as an inside linebacker just because of draft position and everyone right. just like recognizes draft position. And he ran but fast. Yeah, but the the guy who's like actually really underrated on that defense, if you don't, you know, assuming you already give credit to those safeties, right, is Matt Milano. I mean, Matt Milano is a guy who stands out in every single game that I've watched the Bills play over the last couple of years. And he never really – I mean, how many times on this show have we talked about Matt Milano? Not very often, and I feel like we dig in pretty deep. How Maybe upset we? do you think Bill Belichick is that he doesn't have Matt Milano on his roster? That screams I'm, like a Patriot player. I think Bill Belichick's upset at a lot of things. Right. right. Touche. Yeah, he's got a lot of problems. Um, but I like when sort of we talk a lot about narratives on this show. I like when narratives get tested. Right. And right now, this is like the perfect time for this matchup because the two and on folks are loving life. Just have this huge, unbelievable comeback. Two has proven everyone wrong. Mike McDaniel's a genius, all this stuff. And there, there is no bigger way for that narrative to get tested, Kyle, for them to face the Buffalo Bills. And we're going to see, like, how real is this with Miami? Yeah, I mean, we know. We saw what Mike McDaniel's capable of. He had a really cool quote uh, today actually talking about just rebuilding a program like we did in NCAA football back in the day. He said, it's like taking the Buffaloes to a national powerhouse. So he's given to give us uh, one-liners all season, <laughs> but is it really surprising that they're having success? They have two of the fastest players in the NFL. When you have speed on the perimeter, they are probably going to make a guy miss. He does a really good job of getting them isolated and getting them into positions where they can make plays. So that helps. It doesn't hurt to have a seven foot tight end who you can throw up in the back of the end zone. You know, when the play does break down, um, I, I don't think that, I mean, this goes without saying, right. That they're probably not going to score 20 plus points and a half against the playoff team every week. Uh, you can't ignore what happened in the first down when we're talking about the dolphins Tua turned the ball over Tua looked very limited. I tweeted during the game that he's throwing knuckle balls. Like when he's moving, when he's throwing the ball outside of the numbers, that baby is going slow. Like it's taking a long time to get there. And that's why the Ravens were able to break up a couple of passes and obviously have the interception against the bills. What do we think is going to happen when Tua is on the field? Like they're going to take away the strength. We know that they're probably not going to give up a deep play. So I I have my reserves about how well the Dolphins will do. But I think Matt McDaniel is going to know how to get Raheem Mostert to the edge and probably have some success or a little bit of success in the running game. So, uh, Justice, what do you think? How do you think Mike McDaniel is going to attack the Bills defense? 
I mean, with speed, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's really all Miami's built off of. It's just we're so fast, nothing else matters. And there's a couple plays in that Baltimore game where you're like, a defensive back should be in position to make a play on the ball. Like there was that touchdown on Marcus Peters, right? That that could have been an interception. The first interception was, you know, to your point, because Tua wasn't able to fit a, a, a fast pass into, a, you know, a comeback, <laughs> basically, is, is the issue. The arm strength wasn't there. I'm man, I came away from that Dolphins Ravens game. I rewatched it last night. I came away with it more concerned about Baltimore's defense than I was impressed about Miami's offense, right? Because Baltimore's defense was a team that at corner specifically last year, especially when they were playing all that man coverage, they were hurt. And they just got burned over and over and over again at the end of the year, right? That's when Joe Burrow was putting up crazy yards at, at the tail end of the season. Guys like Marcus Peters got to step up. Like, I'm really concerned about Baltimore even being a playoff team at this point. If they're getting that performance out of Lamar Jackson and you're having a guy like Tua be able to bomb you, that's a terrible sight to see. I know, know those wide receivers are fast, right. but those DBs should have been in position to make plays on the ball. And that's why... I'm not really buying into the Miami. I know we're all excited two weeks in the year, two and on. I want to remind you guys, after two weeks of the year last year, people were asking, is the Carolina Panthers defense the best defense in the NFL? <laughs> right? Like, we had stuff like that pop out. So just try not to overreact. Speaking to those plays real quick, to me, it seemed like those were just normal clear-out routes that most teams don't throw. And the, the way that the Ravens corners were playing those plays, like, he's not going to throw this. There's no chance. Oh, crap. Like, I have to guard Tyreek like Hill. Underestimating to, yeah. Tua. That's not even I'm necessarily saying. the routes, but, like, Tua's not going to throw this. Tua doesn't Which is an even either. better point. Exactly. So, mm. I think now that he has thrown those, it might loosen up teams uh, moving forward. But, yeah, Tua made plays, and you have to give him credit for doing those plays, like th- some of the broken plays, extending plays. But what they did, I don't think that the Miami Dolphins are going to, you know, that's not going to be how they beat you over and over. So well, um, when you have Kyle Hamilton throwing his hands up, you're like oh. talking to the DBs and stuff like that, <laughs> being like, what the heck just happened here? Yeah. We just talked about Buffalo. They have veteran safeties. It's not going to be a rookie in his second game of the NFL. It's veteran safeties, guys who have been in the league. I don't know if they've been in for 10 years, but it feels like 10 years with with uh, Hyde and Boyers. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're going to get those coverage busts. I think – after they put that film on tape, they're going to respect some of those deeper routes from even Tua throwing it because of the speed that they have. I, I feel like this is everything is setting up for like a come to earth situation with uh, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Buffalo Bills right now, I saw a stat that said based off of uh, sportsbook odds, the Buffalo Bills going into week three are the biggest Super Bowl favorites that we've had since the 2007 Patriots. I mean, we're talking about a team that everyone is is recognizing is like a very talented team, right? All the talent in the NFL right now in terms of the top tier talent with you look at the offensive line situations in the NFC and even the wide receiver situations with Tampa, all the talent, the top tier talent is in the AFC right now. And even then, everyone's recognizing Buffalo at this point is a little bit above everyone else. So. That's the exact point I was literally about to say. Like, we came into the year thinking it was so loaded, and they still look so much better than everybody. Just one more thing about Tua real quick. Did you guys see that video that's going around on Twitter um, from Finn Sports Football? Somebody reversed some of Tua's throws to make oh, it look yeah. like his... 
I don't understand that. It's the same throw. Like, what is this supposed to teach me about? Like, I'm not any more impressed with his throws because it looks like he's throwing right-handed. Can you can you explain that to me? Am I just an idiot? That was a very Twitter internet thing to me that nobody in real life would take seriously or put any uh, credence in. I don't have a takeaway of it. It didn't mean anything to me, but I know the internet is impressed by things that aren't very impressive. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I was like, oh, it's right-handed to it. Right. I don't know. Maybe he should be right-handed if he could. He does everything else with his right hand, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I were a receiver or something, maybe I would look at it a little different because I know wide receivers say, you know, catching a ball from a lefty is totally different than everyone else. It's the same thing with like uh, catching a punt from one of these guys. Like it spins different, so it acts differently in the air and stuff. I, I'm not looking at it that closely. Um, I just see two, and I'm like. It's right-handed, and I'm now still like, yeah, that ball is still coming out very slowly. Right. like <laughs> As a left-hander who played quarterback in high school, it is aesthetically horrible to look at when the left-handed quarterback is on the field. So I understand if that's the point, why he flipped the play. There you go. See, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I felt kind of like an idiot there, and apparently I'm not the only one, so that's good. Um, Kyle, if the Bills – win this game i feel like people would be like okay the bills are still good but if the dolphins win this game oh, it's baby. like the you know mike mcdaniel's coach of the year look out world to a non cut yeah like i feel like basically the bills have everything to lose and nothing to gain and the dolphins have everything to gain and nothing to lose. there's no shame in losing to buffalo no this is the, the super bowl favorite the literal super bowl favorite we just said that they are yeah. on par with a team that was undefeated. So after this game, the uh, the Dolphins have the Bengals, who, eh? The mm -hmm. Jets, who, eh? The Vikings, the Steelers, the Lions. Uh, wow. We know that this is a Lions podcast, but the three teams I said after that, uh, they have a chance to get off to a very, very good start. If the Dolphins are able to pull off this upset, which, uh, what, what is the line? Like a touchdown? Is it six and a half? Yeah, like the odds that they do it. Uh, it is a long shot, but still. It was a long shot for them to come back down 21 last week. So you never know in the NFL, I guess, is the point. If they are able to pull this off, I am just here for the overreactions. Um, we're going to get Tyreek probably tweeting about the Chiefs still and how they miss him <laughs> and how they should have kept him. We need to talk about Jalen Waddle because he is amazing. He is a very freaking good player. Uh, loved him coming out of Alabama. Thought he was the best wide receiver. It looks like he's trending that way. Uh, kudos to Mike McDaniel for getting him involved, isolating him in space um, underneath. Like everything doesn't have to be a deep ball, especially if your quarterback is limited, throwing the ball vertically, there are ways to create opportunities underneath. And that's, they exactly hired the right coach for that. They sure did. He has plenty of experience. Um, I, I'm impressed with how Waddle runs his routes, how he plays the ball in his air, or, sorry, plays the ball in the air. He's not a big guy, but you would have no idea by the way he plays. And I think that might be the biggest compliment you can give a wide receiver. So um, he looks well on his way to being a dominant factor. Can you guess how many yards the third highest uh, wide receiver in Miami has right now? <laughs> two games? Wait, do they do they have a third wide receiver on the roster? Uh, it's, Many people are asking. It's three steps, throw it to Tyreek. Three steps, throw it to Jalen. Might throw it to Gusecki just to throw you off, but uh Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. And to be fair, why wouldn't you do that, right? Like that's yeah, what I makes, mean, in my opinion, that's what makes the best play cars the best play cars. They give the ball to their best players often. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, he's throwing the ball to Steph Diggs. Why wouldn't you? He's one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL. So 
Uh, my guess, well, you said how many yards? Yeah. It, there's no way it's over 50. There's no shot. It's 20. Ah! <laughs> Cedric Wilson has 20. So he's Rude. ranked behind. So Tyreek and Waddle. Tyreek has 284. Waddle has 240. The next highest is Chase Edmonds at 48 yards. So like screens and check downs. Yeah. Raheem Mostert, <laughs> Gusecki at 42 is leading them at tight end. Alec Ingold, the fullback at, yes. at 23. And yeah. then Cedric Wilson at 20. Yeah, I mean, they, they just feed Hill and Waddle just over and over and over again. And it's not a terrible plan. It's just I don't think that you can get away with that when you're going against McDermott, against that defense, against a team that's this talented. And as so behind the glass real quick, Steve – oh, yeah, you were going to say it. Steve Serta, uh, he pointed out they signed Cedric Wilson this offseason. Uh, they gave him $18 million base salary. His cap number uh, over the duration of his contract is $22 million. So – Said Wilson, through he's a free agent in 2025. He's just getting paid to do absolutely nothing right now. So enjoy that. Said Milken. Good work if you can get it, man. All right, so let's do official predictions for this game, Justice. You going Miami or are you going the Buffalo Stampede continues? I'm all Buffalo. I am all Buffalo here. I'm I'm excited. I, I would be interested in seeing what the look ahead line for this was in March or whenever they released these. Mm-hmm. I gotta assume it would have been Buffalo like minus 10 or something, and it's already dropped all the way down to a single score line. Like, I'm taking Buffalo here. I think they can, they have the chance to blow them out of the water. I don't think Miami, like, if Miami wins, it's gonna be close. Yeah, so I mean, we got to think about everything that went wrong in Baltimore last week, and nobody ever talks about like the fourth down that they didn't get or the the couple coverage bus. Like that's the reason Miami has a chance, even has a chance to score toward the end of the game. So I don't think. And to be fair, the other night when the Bills played on Monday Night Football, we got some whoa, Josh, and not in a good way. He usually bounces back from those performances, so I think they're going to be much sharper on that side of the ball. And I just don't see how those explosive players are going to work against the Bills. So that means it's going to have to be death by a thousand cuts. And against the type of defense that the Bills generally run, doesn't usually work. So I think the Bills are probably going to win. Um, let's call it 27-17, something like that probably. Yeah, look, we've seen the Dolphins be able to come up with some creative game plans to stop big-time quarterbacks. I'm thinking of the game against the Ravens last year where they went basically zero coverage all the time against Lamar, and he didn't really have an answer for it. That said, I still got to see it to believe it. Excuse me if I'm uh, Miami, so I will take the bills, and I will give the points. As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty, what's a gauntlet? Truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. All right, gentlemen. Let's have a little fun now. Let's do it. The gauntlet. Five narratives enter. Only one leaves. I'll come up with five questions based on a theme of the week, and I pit those questions against each other until only one remains. In the event of a tie, Steven Serta will break it up for us. Today's theme is biggest overreaction and i'll start with you kyle biggest overreaction last year's Bengals were a fluke or the steelers need to go to kenny pickett oh man i do not think the um oh i don't know if there's a yes answer to this one (laughs) so zach taylor fooled a lot of people last year and 
the Bengals. So in my opinion, like watching them the first two weeks, Zach Taylor came into this year thinking, you know what? I can do that same thing again. And as he's finding out, he is not allowed to do that same thing. And he has his quarterback on the sideline telling him, Hey, we can't go in this formation. No more empty. Because we can't no more empty. Yes, please. <laughs> I am begging you. Do not call this again. Um, I don't know what Zach Taylor is doing. I don't want to blame it all on him, but I don't not want to. And sure, to be fair, like Burrow can probably be better. He can probably get rid of the ball quicker. But they have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Most teams would die to have that combo. And Joe Mixon is no slouch either. And they just invested in the trenches, right? They should be better. They're not better to me. That is a coaching issue. So I will side with uh, fading Zach Taylor here. Yeah, I, I think the bigger overreaction is putting Kenny Pickett into the game. Because I'm, I just don't what think would it's be going to be any better. Yeah, yeah I just <laughs> don't think it's going to be any better. The Bengals feel like we could take a little bit of a victory lap on this podcast. KP and I were talking about this all last season during they the playoff stink. run. Where I'm like, <laughs> their run game and their pass game are completely divorced. Like, it, it's not like these other teams that run, you know, or, or teams that come from this, you know, Shanahan type of coaching tree, Shanahan, McVay, whatever you want to call it, um, where, you know, they tie in the run game and all that stuff into the passing game and play action. Like, they go under center to run. They go into the gun to pass specifically an empty right so painful to watch and it's their offensive line hasn't gotten that much better i mean or there's gonna be problems here man people forget man we were talking last year there was not a big difference in terms of the quality of the team of the Bengals last year than like the raiders or the colts in the afc like we why were they winning them. those games yeah, so like they ended up because Chase and Burrow were just blacking out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> but like, we they, they go on a playoff run where they win a bunch of close games, and now we have to anoint Joe Burrow as a top five quarterback. And now the entire offseason, we were like, pump the brakes just a little bit. Like, there's a pretty clear difference between like uh, even like a Herbert right and a Joe Burrow. I hate to do this, and it, it sounds like you're taking away from what they did last year, but. Think about the playoff games that they won and how they won those games. There's no reason that the Titans shouldn't have won that, that, that game. I remember it because I was on the Titans and Ryan Tannehill screwed me. But <laughs> think about the Chiefs, too. Like, they should not have beaten the Chiefs. Um, we, thought, we thought Buffalo, Kansas City was the AFC championship. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's how everyone treated it. They were an afterthought, right? The next, It, it felt like we could just um, put the Chiefs into the Super Bowl because nobody expected them to win. And sure enough, um, the game turned out the way it did, but we're seeing this year, like again, to Justin's point, the offense looks like they are not on the same path as what they should be. So um, whether it's running, whether it's passing, I don't know if they have a plan to get Jamar Chase involved. I don't know where T Higgins has been because he's way too good of a receiver to not have 80 to hundred yards a game. They need to get it figured out real quick. And the investments they made during the off season are not paying off. And I know it's only two weeks and I'm sure that the offensive line will get better. But it doesn't seem like Taylor has a plan, and that is my biggest issue. All right, so you guys are in agreement. You're down on the Bengals. That means the Steelers' question is the bigger overreaction. So, bigger overreaction. Steelers need to go to Kenny Pickett, or the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Justice, I'll start with you. The Eagles have looked pretty good, haven't they? Just say it. Just say it. No, they're not the best team in the NFC. I, th I think it's Tampa when they're healthy. Um, the big question is just like, are they healthy or not? You look at their offensive line situation compared to the Eagles. Tampa's down to like their fourth tackle at left tackle now um, with with uh, Josh Wells being put on IR. I still am leading Tampa here. 
Um, think it's a little bit of an overreaction, but that Eagles offensive line, crazy. AJ Brown being in there, he's making all the impact that we thought AJ Brown was going to make, right? And then that defense is looking better than they were last year when they were probably the most vanilla scheme um, because of their safety play specifically in the league. So I, I think the Eagles certainly are trending up, especially after the DAC injury. I feel like I'm just like penciling in the Eagles as the NFC East champions, um, even, though, even though the Giants are undefeated. But I still think the bigger reaction is Kenny Pickett, well, technically. Um, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. So coming wow. into the season, I thought that the team that would come out of the NFC would be the team with the healthiest line come January. And judging by when Justice has been talking about the offensive lines in the NFC, judging by how they've been performing so far, it seems like the Eagles, the, the way that they are playing, like it's the most sustainable for them to keep up this offensive production. You cannot guard A.J. Brown. Um, he's as close to Terrell Owens as there has been in the league. And I know that sounds like a crazy statement, but the things that he's able to do, his acceleration, uh, we don't see that very often in this league. And. They just got Devonta Smith involved last week. He wasn't involved in the game plan in week one. He's a very freaking good player, too. They have weapons. They have speed. I think the space that they're able to create is only going to make Miles Sanders better. He does have to stay healthy. I think that is a big deal, though. And the way that what we're seeing from Jalen Hurts, I think the offensive coordinator is just doing a good job of making life easy on him. And he's pulling the trigger, man. He's making plays down the field. I am concerned about their safety play. Justice mentioned how they ran a vanilla scheme last year defensively. Some of the angles that they, those safeties were taking on Monday Night Football. Eh, what are you doing, bud? So I would have concerns there, but Slay is Slay. Slay's back, baby. And to have a legitimate cornerback, it'll take a lot of the pressure off. And we already know that their front seven is really good. So I – I don't think the Eagles are going to slow down, and I'm sure they're obviously they're not going to go 17 and 0. But I think this is the best team in the NFC. It was funny seeing people overreact to the Week One uh, front for Philadelphia. I mean, we talked all preseason, being like they have a three deep right on the defensive line. The Eagles do, and people were like, "Why aren't they making plays against the Detroit Lions?" And it's yeah. like, if there's any offensive line that's as good as the Philadelphia Eagles, it would have been the Lions. Like those guys are so far ahead of everyone else in the I NFC. I was going to say, great matchup right there. Damn. All right. So Kenny Pickett advances once again. This is kind of surprising. Bigger overreaction. The Steelers need to go to Kenny Pickett, Kyle, or Russell Wilson is cooked. See ya. <laughs> what is it really surprising that Russ looks like this? Like, I know the perception of him coming into the season was that he was going to uplift the Broncos and they were going to, you know, be this perennial playoff team, right? Just because. What you saw last year, a lot of the, the blame went to the quarterbacks and thinking that, you know, if we drop in a veteran quarterback who's competent, they'll be okay. Russ does not even look competent so far. And there are some former teammates of him, his who are <laughs> dancing on his grave and who are having a hell of a time doing so. But I don't know what's going to change with Russ, right? Like he's been doing this for a long time. There are plays where he has plenty of time in the pocket and he's getting out of that pocket. And from there, whatever the play caller called, whether it's Hackett, whoever's calling the plays in Denver, the structure of the play is cooked because he cannot stay in the pocket or he's not looking. We've seen screenshots um, on social media where there are guys sitting in the middle of the field. That's not where he wants to go with the football. He's looking to bail, bail, bail. And it just looks this looks like a team who has a new head coach, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, and they haven't figured it out yet. Hackett has a long way to go, man. He's going to have to start leaning on some of his veteran coaches too. So I, I think it's Denver for sure, but I mean, I don't, 
I think Russ is walking into a bad matchup this weekend. So I think Russ is the answer. What veteran coaches does Hackett have? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I guess that's even a better point if, if it's all his people. His OC was like the tight ends coach in Green Bay. Like he does have very many veteran coaches around him. I, I'm not surprised, man. Like, how many offensive coordinators do we see Russ have to go through before oh. we just accept that like this is the Russell Wilson offense? Like, he's a perfectly cromulent quarterback, right? Like, there are certainly teams that would beg to have Russell Wilson on their team, but this Hold is on. the what, way you what, have to offer. What was that? He's a cromulent. quarterback. Cromulent? Cromulent? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> is that a word? Google it. Google it. Drop it. ACT words. Cromulent? Um, go for it. All right. Cromulent. Acceptable or adequate? Oh, there Bang. you go. Bang. I thought Sorry. I said it at first. I second doubted myself. That PNW education right there, baby. That's right. That's a Portland State grad. That's a city school, baby. You know it. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I guess I did, but continue. No, that was it. It was just, hey, this is what Russell Wilson does. That's it. So you think there's validity to the Russ is cooked? Yeah, the, the one thing that I will say that is kind of weird to me mm -hmm. is the snap count is getting really low on a lot of these plays, and it seems like it's because from the way Hackett's talked about it, he's basically giving Russell Wilson suggestions. And Russell oh, Wilson, you mean the play clock? Yes, 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 the play clock. Um and Russell Wilson is taking it from there. So I guess my question moving forward is like, are they willing to stick through the growing pains of that and like allowing Russ to like build his way through understanding defensive coverage and like being able to like go through all the checks and stuff like that to get them into the right play? Or are they just going to pull the ripcord on that and just say, hey, we want to win some games early, like just give some of that power back to Hackett. I, that's one of the big things I want to look at, at moving forward. But if Russ doesn't know that stuff by now, you're telling me he needs to learn defensive coverages now? Isn't it a little late for that? I mean, why do you think they don't want to run a bunch of play action stuff with him? It's because they can't get they can't keep him protected. Like that's why they they run so much gun stuff. It would be really nice if he could go up to the line of scrimmage and be like, I know I can get out on play action in this shot. We can get the defense to bite. I'm on this, you know, I'm running across the sideline. And now I'm able to throw into the areas of the field that I'm usually targeting, right? Like that would be really nice for him moving forward, but it doesn't seem like in any of the six or whatever offensive coordinators that he's had in his career have trusted him. So if they're willing to stick through it, I think, you know, it could unlock Russell Wilson to like another level, but we're certainly seeing the like growing pains right now. Kyle, it's making me feel a little better about the game this week. I don't know about you. I mean, the Broncos, they were they were going to naturally be overrated coming in just by adding Russell Wilson to the name. But I feel like people have ignored how he has played. And we're starting to see a little bit now. And, I mean, all this means the fact that we're talking about it, he's going to go out on Sunday Night Football and throw four <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, he is. Oh, God damn it. Uh, all right. When's the last time he threw four touchdowns? <laughs> it's oh, been a while. <laughs> Probably the last time he played San Francisco, to be honest with you. Uh, so it sounds like you both agree that Kenny Pickett needs to start as the bigger overreaction. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, this is unbelievable. All right. So let's get to the last one, Justice. Bigger overreaction. Kenny Pickett needs to start, or the Giants are the worst 2 0 team we have ever seen. I don't have a big list of 2 0 teams in front of me, but I do remember 
the Carolina Panthers started three and zero last year, <laughs> and then proceeded to win two more games the rest of the season. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers again. Remember last year, week two, we were getting asked. The national media was getting asked, "Is the Carolina Panthers defense the best in the NFL?" That was nowhere close to being true. So it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me to say the Giants are the worst zero or two and zero team when we had that conversation just last year. Like these. These overreactions are had every season. So I guess I'm a Trubisky guy, I guess, is, is what this is coming down to. I didn't realize we were so pro-Trubisky here. What is going on with Kenny Galladay? Like, why is he not involved? That is a bizarre thing. They paid him a good amount of money to be involved in the office. I don't know it was a different coaching staff, but just trade him, right, if you don't want him. It's, it's so he strange. Played, that- did he play like two snaps last week, something like that? Something it, crazy. It seems like he would help them. And I know that's going out on a limb, but they are it's not like they're, you know, going up and down the field and driving on anybody. Uh, I think it's really cool to see for the sport, I think anyway, that Saquon Barkley is back, but they're not a good team. And Dayball's doing everything he can right now. But like the fact that they are two and zero, like I don't even have to look at their schedule and they have probably a good chance of being two and four over the next four games. Like they're they are just not a good team right now. Kenny Galladay, Wandale Robinson, and Kadarius Tony, combined receiving yards. What do you think, KP? Ooh, I, so, Rob, I know Richie James plays and is their guy over Galladay, which is I insane. Know. Um, combined, there's. I'm trying to think of the big plays in my head over the first two, and all I see is Saquon running. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's. I know it's not over 150. 150. How about I'll say 75. 27. We're talking about two games, man. (laughs) Two games. Those three guys. I mean, two high draft picks and a big free agency signing. 27 yards. Is is Dable just waiting to get a quarterback so he can unleash Wandell? Or what's going on here? I man, it beats me. It's the Richie James and Sterling Shepard show in New York right now. I don't care. I mean, to me. Tony looks good. It just seems like his problem is he can't stay on the field long enough. Yeah, I think Tony was a pretty big risk coming in. I mean, all those guys at Florida were like, he's just freelancing all the time. I'm not sure he knows (laughs) if he knows what he's doing. So Dave Gettleman's like, bring him in. I mean, I think it was a I think it was a telling sign that they brought in Wendell Robinson immediately. And we're like, ah, you're pretty much the same thing, but. Let's take another shot at it. Kenny Galladay was at the podium today. He said, I came here to play. And then he was asked if he would request a trade. He said, we'll see how it goes, which means yes. And then <laughs> he said he didn't like the decision that he wasn't allowed to play. And uh, when asked, you know, whether he was given an explanation why he didn't play, Galladay said, agree to disagree. <laughs> so things are going well. In New yeah, York. that's not good. And uh, Steven sort of points out here that Robinson's been a little banged up, but they're choosing not to play uh, Tony and Galladay. And yes, Galladay did have a whopping two snaps last time. We were talking about Cedric Wilson getting paid to essentially do nothing. Kenny Galladay's got that on lock, man. Saying, baby. <laughs> it, that's good work. Baby Tron, come to Green Bay. Come to Green Bay. Get your revenge, Baby Tron. You, you do I'm, not deserve him. Tempted to put the Green Bay wide receiver situation in the gauntlet every single week. Do it. I'm trying <laughs> Do not it. to. Just me coping every week. <laughs> I'm trying see, to. See subscribership just tank. <laughs> 
All right, unless uh, you guys have any more thoughts, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. Again, please rate, review, and follow. You leave a review, I promise you, we will leave it on the show. Enjoy Thursday Night Football, although admittedly, it's going to be tough, but hopefully we'll at least wind up with a good game. KP, Justice, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.